0: We are here with Jerry Dunleavy of Judicial Watch. Thank you so much for joining the Discourse Podcast, Jerry.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be on.
0: Our pleasure. For our listeners who don't know what Judicial Watch is, mind giving them a quick synopsis?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Judicial Watch is a we're a nonprofit, uh, nonpartisan, uh, conservative-leaning think tank here in Washington, D.C. Uh, our main focus and our main goal is, uh, rooting out, uh, government corruption. And the main way, uh, that we do that, uh, is through the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, we're, we're the biggest, uh, uh, requester and biggest litigator when it comes to the Freedom of Information Act in the entire country. Um, and so m- much of what we do consists of, bringing the federal government to court to get them to release the truth about whatever it is that we're, uh, that we're seeking, um, with our ultimate goal, uh, being again to, uh, to root out corruption, to uphold the rule of law. And, uh, we've been pretty successful, pretty successful at, uh, at doing that. So that's, that's, that's pretty much what Judiciary does. And that's what we're all about.
0: Well, speaking of corruption, yesterday we found out that amid President Trump reimbursing his lawyer Michael Cohen $130,000 for paying porn star Stormy Daniels, who had an affair with uh, Trump about a decade ago, Cohen's phone was monitored, not wiretapped, which prompted a correction from NBC News. What's your reaction to all this? Should we expect legal troubles for all parties in this investigation?
1: So I I think with a lot of it, it is kind of just too early to tell, um, and I think that that what you're seeing is a lot of rampant speculation. You're seeing a lot of uh, stories come out, big bombshells come out, a lot of leaks come out, and, and things have to be retracted and things have to be reversed. And a lot of people end up uh, looking uh, looking pretty bad, and a lot of a lot of people's credibility kind of gets taken down a notch. And so my my big uh, my big recommendation to everyone when they're, when they're following this story is, um, you know, feel free to follow the day to day uh, revelations that come out, but uh, understand that there's, there's a lot of people with a lot of uh, different agendas that are, that are leaking, uh, that are pushing different uh, narratives. And uh, ultimately um, you got to wait and see for the actual facts to come out. this is a big focus that we have here at Judicial Watch. I mean, we are focused on what can we actually see? What do we actually have a record of? What do we actually have documentation of? That's what we rely on. Um, and so that's my big takeaway from all of this is that be careful of the bombshells because a lot of the time, uh, these things get, uh, these things get reversed.
0: And is it too early to tell whether that $130,000 payoff was a campaign contribution? Because at the same time, the Federal Election Commission is in, also investigating um, Secretary Hillary Clinton for possibly violating um, super PAC um, rules.
1: Yeah, I've heard about that as well. So uh, what I would say there um, is that it looks like the... the um, it looks like it's still being, uh, discussed. I don't actually know what the, what the ultimate arrangement was when it came down to, you know, this payment and that, um, it, it sounds like today, uh, the president actually said that he's going to, uh, clarify, uh, the details on that and release more details on that. So again, I, I just, I highly recommend that people, you know, try and wait for the actual facts to come out. If You know, if the FEC uh, is going to get involved and that's the sort of thing that gets litigated and and gets, you know, gets discussed. So I just trying to tell everybody, you know, don't don't uh, don't over speculate. Uh, Wait for the facts to come out and we'll kind of see where uh, where this ends up going.
0: And should the president fire Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and in turn Special Counsel Robert Mueller, who was appointed by uh, Rosenstein to investigate um, collusion between the Trump cam- possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, because your colleague Chris, um, if I may, uh, your colleague Chris um, Fail said yesterday on Fox Business, quote. The Mueller Comey legacy has led to the slow motion destruction of the FBI. The whole operation should be um, brought in, and should be, and the marshals should. I'm sorry. The whole operation should be done, and the marshals should be brought in.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I don't think that there is a whole lot of. Well, there is a lot of debate about it, but I think that it is it is pretty clear that. The FBI's reputation has been has been harmed by the um, by the sort of the politicization of it by by FBI leadership, uh, by Comey and and by others. The uh, the way that they handled uh, the Clinton investigation, uh, as compared to the way that the Mueller investigation is being handled. I mean, I I do think that um, that there are serious serious problems with the way that the FBI has been uh, has been led. Um, constitutionally speaking, the president, I, I you know, w- would be allowed to uh, to, uh, to fire Rosenstein or to fire, um, special counsel Mueller, whether he should, um, you know, I, I think he'd be justified in, in, in doing it. Uh, he'd be allowed to constitutionally. Um, but the, the you know, here at judicial watch, we, we are calling for uh, Rosenstein to do his job in terms of uh, making sure that Special Counsel Mueller is, is operating um, properly and within the, the bounds that he's been given. And uh, we're also asking questions about um, the Mueller investigation. Uh, you know, we we would like answers about Mueller's budget. Uh, we have a lot of questions about the makeup of uh, Mueller's team. It seems like it's a very, uh, very skewed uh, in one partisan direction, and so we, we do have a lot of the questions about that. And then, of course, we also have uh, questions about the genesis of the investigation to begin with. Uh, I mean, we you know a lot of this was based on uh, was based on the dossier and the way that it was used to obtain uh, you know FISA warrants uh, to uh, surveil the the Trump team, and uh, you know the, this is a dossier that. You know it it turns out was uh was bought and paid for by uh the clinton campaign through fusion gps um but that was a fact that was never revealed to the uh to the fisa court when the uh when the uh, decisions were made and the warrants were granted so uh you know that that sort of is uh the genesis of the investigation so we have a lot of you know we have a lot of questions about the way that the investigation started and the way it's being conducted, and I think those are important questions to be asking. And uh, you know, we, we want uh, we want answers on a lot of this stuff.
0: And to follow up, we don't know if the Steele dossier is valid, right?
1: Yeah, we. I mean, that that's a huge problem with with this whole thing is that the FBI uh, used uh, a dossier. Uh, put together by Christopher Steele, a, an ex-British uh, spy, a foreign national, uh, who was apparently or supposedly or allegedly in communication with unknown Russian officials, you know, members of the Russian government, um, being given information of questionable validity, to say the least, um, un, unverified, uh, salacious uh, stuff And the FBI never actually confirmed, it seems, uh, many or even any of the allegations in the Steele dossier before deciding to use it to justify surveilling members of the Trump campaign. And so this is a this is a huge problem. And this is something that, you know, this is information that the that the that the Fives court, uh, the, the foreign intelligence surveillance court should have known, um, should have been told about. It was information that was, that was withheld from the court. Uh, they also withheld from the court the fact that, uh, Christopher Steele, who they were relying upon, was actually let go by the FBI, was, uh, was terminated as a source because he was improperly, uh, leaking information to the media, um, which broke his FBI agreement. And so the FBI, uh, let him go, but continued using his information without uh, telling the court that they let him go. So again, this is this is a you know this is a this is a major problem, and so uh, actually, Judicial Watch uh, just recently uh, filed uh, a FOIA lawsuit against the Department of Justice to get all of the FISA documents, the, app, the FISA application, FISA warrants, uh, any of the decisions made by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, uh, any of the transcripts, to any of the the hearings, or any of the proceedings, uh, because the, you know these are these are major problems, and this is this is sort of how it seems this this investigation uh, kind of got started and it seems like uh, the genesis of the investigation is very problematic to say the least and so the, you know these are these are answers that we think the American uh, public uh, you know these are answers that the American public deserves
0: well speaking of your organization um, being at the forefront of investigations you've been um, at the forefront of investigating Hillary Clinton's past. Why hasn't Attorney General Jeff Sessions indicted her or members of her inner circle like Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin?
1: It's a great question. I don't. I don't know what. The, I don't know what. You know what Jeff Sessions' mindset is. Um, I. I do think that there is enough. There was certainly enough evidence. Um, during the FBI's investigation into her in 2015 and 2016, there was enough uh, there to uh, justify indictments. Um, when you look at the information that Judicial Watch uncovered and continues to uncover, by the way, about uh, the Clinton uh, the Clinton email scandal, about her illicit server, and all the information that was that was on there in terms of lots of mishandling of classified information, lots of stuff in there about sort of improper relationship between the State Department under Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. There, there was certainly enough there uh, to justify uh, to justify prosecution. Um, Comey uh, decided to, uh, to go a different direction with that. He sort of laid out the case very famously for why uh, you know, prosecution would be justified, but then said, you know, no reasonable prosecutor would pursue this. Well, lots of reasonable prosecutors would, um, and lots of, uh, lots of reasonable, uh, prosecutors and lots of, uh, reasonable legal experts uh, thought that there was plenty there to justify it. So I'm, you know, uh, Comey passed on it. Uh, Jeff Sessions continues to as well, uh, here at Judicial Watch, we think that, uh, that it would certainly be justified and so that's what we continue pushing for and we we continue to receive emails to Hillary Clinton emails from the State Department we're still uncovering emails to this day that uh, that had not been uh, properly handed over that uh, she had tried to delete or tried to hide and we're still getting new ones from the State Department to this day so it's it's uh it's it's pretty bizarre and it's it's uh, it's a bit it's a bit outrageous um, and so, you know, but we're just going to continue to uh, continue to push for that and continue to point it out. And we'll, we'll see ultimately what uh, decision the Department of Justice decides to make about uh, what she did with her email server, what she did with mishandling classified information, and all the problems with the Clinton Foundation as well.
0: And my final question is, here at the National Discourse, we're about publishing articles from both sides of the political and ideological spectrum to foster mature dialogue nationwide. What's your reaction to the current state of political discourse, especially as it pertains to the hype over the Mueller investigation and Comey's book tour?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I I am I'm certainly uh, the kind of guy who thinks that uh, we can uh, we can disagree without being disagreeable. Um, I, I think it's very important. Uh, I would never waver on you know. Uh, standing up for what I think is right. And uh, we're not going to waver in terms of pushing for, for, uh, you know, the information that we think the government should be handing over. Um, But ultimately, I do think that there is uh, there's a lot to be said that the national discourse uh, needs to be improved, can be improved. And uh, certainly in my own my own life and the way I conduct myself, that's that's what I try to uh, try to push for. And uh, it's good that you guys are trying to do that, too, because it's important. I think these are, these are big issues. These are important issues. These are controversial uh, issues. And I do think ultimately that there is uh, a side that is right and a side that is wrong. I do think that, you know, the truth matters, but we can do this, uh, and, uh, and do it in a way where we're respectful, um, of people that disagree with us. I think it's incredibly important, uh, uh, especially here in twenty eighteen. I think that's that's a big problem and it you know, it's something that we all need to be working on.
0: Absolutely. Jerry Dunlevy of Judicial Watch, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it.
1: Hey, glad glad to glad to be on. Thanks for having me.